Philly, you are so wonderful and interesting. You deserve a local news podcast all your own. Check out the John Cast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. Russia's invasion of Ukraine continues. Now, there are many angles through which this needs to be analyzed. For this podcast, we are going to look at the invasion and its ripple effects through the narrow lens of economics here and in Russia. Our guest is Dr. David Robison. He is chair of the economics department at LaSalle University. Give a listen. So the Russian invasion of Ukraine. For this conversation, we just want to look at it strictly through an economic lens uh when you talk about the the ramifications the ripple effects to this that the u.s that individuals will feel are gas energy prices at the top of that list certainly gas and energy are the top of the list um even though we don't buy much gas or oil from the russians um, because that market's international Anything that happens anywhere in the world tends to affect the prices everywhere in the world. From what you understand now and what you see now, is this going to have like a significant shock effect? Could it be something that, yes, it goes up, but it settles down? Or is it too many factors in play to really know what we're in for? Well, there there is sort of a general consensus among oil industry analysts that oil prices will go to roughly $110 to $120 per barrel. Um, that would, at the 120 range, that would put gasoline national average around $4 per gallon. Obviously, that's assuming the conflict doesn't escalate a whole lot. Um, if there's a big escalation in the conflict and you know great respect, uh, restriction in supply, we could see oil prices go much, much, much higher than that, which is not what people are really expecting. Uh, again, you know, but who knows in terms of what Vladimir Putin and the Russians will do. Past gas and energy, uh, what are some other things that uh, we could see from an economic standpoint as a result of, of this situation? Well, the gas and energy will, of course, ripple through the economy and give us some inflationary effects. Um, I should mention on that point, a, a key note is that since 19, the late 1970s, the amount of energy used per dollar of GDP has gone down by 50%. So a lot of people have been saying, oh, this is going to be just like the 1970s oil shocks, but it won't because we're far less dependent on energy. Now, to answer your question in terms of other effects, um, one of the things we do import from Russia is palladium and other minerals. Well, palladium is used to make catalytic converters, and it also goes into computer chips. And so we could see some strong impacts, again, in the auto industry and also through computers and the, some of the technology issues. And that's where I'd expect to see the second biggest impact. And how much will that be? Because I know we've been having computer chip issues kind of as a result of the pandemic. Putting this on top of that, uh, how much worse would it does it make it? Because I feel like we were we were still having problems getting things where in the numbers we wanted to even before this. 
Right. It, it clearly is going to add to the complexities, right? Supply chains are used to getting palladium from a particular source, and now that source is not available. They have to try and get other supply, which will build up the price and change shipping and all kinds of other things. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to say exactly how much, but it's likely to um, significantly affect the auto industry. And obviously, auto prices have already gone up a whole lot. Used cars are selling for a lot more. This is just going to add to that problem for consumers. What would you put next on the list or a couple other things you'd put on the list that we should be on the lookout for? Well, the next big impact would be around shopping and retail issues. Um, so, for example, uh, with the price of gasoline going up and people being careful not to, you know, they're less likely to drive to stores to shop. But at the same time, the delivery services, Amazon, UPS, even the food delivery services are going to have an increase in their costs. And so we're going to see an increase in fees for delivery. So you have that balancing effect of it costs me more to go to the store, but it also costs more to have it delivered. It's hard to predict exactly what will happen in retail, but most Analysts are currently estimating that uh, online shopping will get yet another boost and commercial retail will drop off a little bit more. How much are you surprised kind of in a general way? I expected a lot of statements from financial organizations and governments saying we deplore what's happening. We urge, you know, the, the Russian government to leave Ukraine. but. The, specifically the economic actions that have been taken. I mean, obviously the U.S., NATO countries leading the way, but we're seeing a lot of, you know, private energy companies, public energy companies. A lot of people seem to be washing their hands of Russian oil and Russian investments. Uh, are you surprised with what we're seeing? I am rather surprised at how many different companies have moved to divest or limit um, part of that probably depends on how many assets they have in the country, right? So if you have hundreds of million dollars of assets inside Russia, it's less likely that you're going to go real public because the Russians might choose to take that away from you. Um, that has happened to companies in the past where somebody disagreed with Putin and Putin has effectively taken away those assets. So um, I think the ones that are being more public um, are willing to either lose their assets or they don't have a lot of assets in Russia right now. How about these sanctions that are being put on Russia? These seem like a lot more than just the, the run-of-the-mill economic sanctions we see when a country goes rogue on something or another. Uh, they really seem to be doing a lot of damage very quickly. Yes, the Restrictions on particularly the Russian national um, deposits, so the, the National Bank of Russia's deposits in other countries being frozen by a number of countries, would ha has already created a run on the banks in Russia. And so there have been pictures online and readily available of Russians lining up trying to get cash out of the banks. And so it's really clobbering the domestic economy. These are the strongest sanctions that I know of any country ever being imposed, having imposed against it, except for uh, like North Korea, where we just say, we don't want to deal with you at all. I heard 
and I heard reference, and I wonder if you could shed some light on this. I've heard a lot of people talking about removing Russia from the SWIFT system. Can you explain what the SWIFT system is and why this would be so important if it really would be a big blow? Um, it's a significant blow, but it's not like some some people talked like, oh, that will just end Russia's ability to do banking. Um, SWIFT is a way for international transactions to clear in a secure system. Um, almost all banks in the world are connected to this system, and it allows transactions to happen computer milliseconds. Um, by taking them off of that, the Russians now will have to deal one bank at a time rather than through this global system. And so if um, one bank in Russia now needs to make a payment to a bank in Malaysia or someplace, instead of going through this international system, they'll have to set up a separate system to have that transaction occur. That's gonna dramatically increase the cost of it. You know, like if you picture the, uh, take the idea of um, the Russian bank needs to send $100 million to this other bank, um, how are you going to do that without the SWIFT system? And, and it's uh, obviously much more complicated because everybody's using SWIFT. So in the worst case scenario, you're actually getting $100 million worth of assets and flying them to the other bank, which is very expensive and time consuming and um, involves a lot more risk than the SWIFT system. We were talking before we started recording the conversation, and one of the things just to me as a layman, seeing this swift, no pun intended, action uh, by all these countries on these sanctions and the the strength of the sanctions, you kind of get the feeling that a lot of places have had enough of Russia and the way they they act, but maybe didn't have the political capital or maybe didn't have the, the will or the popular uh, support to to kind of go all in and say enough. But now with the cover of everybody doing this at one, it really feels like piling on. It, could there be anything to that, that it's just finally the world is saying enough? I tend to think you're correct about that. The world is to a very large extent saying enough or too much, in fact. Um, you know, like the, the incursions before and the little bit of you know border wars and those kinds of things. There were sanctions and the sanctions kept getting escalated. But this one, where it's just clearly they want to take the entirety of the Ukraine, that seems uh, much too much. And of course, the worry is if we allow them to take Ukraine, will they want something else? And the answer is probably yes, they will. And if you've learned the lessons from World War II and Adolf Hitler, once he took one area, then he wants the next country, then he wants Poland, then he wants, right? So the world sort of understands that you can't let the bully get away with everything. From a U.S. standpoint, we talked about, obviously, brace yourself for higher gas prices and, you know, maybe brace yourself to having to wait a couple months longer for that new car and stuff like that. But overall, from an economic standpoint, should this situation hurt the American economy in a really big way or will it be kind of these escalations of situations we've already kind of been dealing with with regards to inflation and gas prices and stuff like that? Like, would it hurt the overall strength of the U.S. economy or, or not really? It will hurt the overall strength of the U.S. economy. I expect growth will slow but stay positive. Um, the, the big impact is going to end up being on 
and, and this is really a problem given the nature of what happened in COVID, the big impact is going to be on people at the low end of the income distribution. Because what's going to happen is uh, with higher gas prices, families will cut back on discretionary spending, which means fewer vacations, fewer hotel stays, less fewer meals in restaurants. We're going to cut back on those things. And those things are places where a lot of low wage workers are employed. And so what we're going to see, much as we did with COVID, is the very bottom end of the income distribution will be affected most strongly. Most middle class families, they're going to feel the pinch, but they're going to feel the pinch and be able to cut back on, you know, skip that vacation or skip the trip to see grandmother at Christmas or something. But they'll get along just fine. It's the poor families that will have the most difficulty. And I know you're not an expert on the Russian economy, but just given what you know about how economies work and what these sanctions we've discussed are doing, I mean, things could get really, really bleak in Russia. And this was already a country that was overrun with corruption, basically a kleptocracy where you got a handful of oligarchs controlling everything. Uh, you talked about a run on the banks and stuff like that. I mean, this could get really bad. In Russia, it's it's already bad and it's going to get much, much worse really, really fast to the point where the oligarchs might as a group go to Putin and say, look, this is too much. You have to stop. And if he loses their support, um, that actually might force him's hand and force him to rethink things. But it may take, you know, like he's got all, a lot of political power, so it's unclear that that will happen, but it's at least a possibility. The people are already protesting and protests are gonna grow dramatically as the economy goes down the tubes. And it's clearly going down the tubes. Again, the uh, just the lines you can see waiting to take money out so they'd be able to buy basics and necessities of life, they're going to, once they get that money, they're going to run to the stores and they're going to buy and they're going to hoard. And so then we're going to see just all kinds of additional problems growing all across the country. Are there any precedents for this in recent history? The only thing I can think of where the world kind of came together and it ended up being, you know, militarily, but obviously economically is the, the first Gulf War when Saddam Hussein went into Kuwait and you had kind of everybody put everything in place at the same time. Is there is it kind of similar or are there any is there a situation I'm missing? Um, I, in some sense, it's a little bit similar, but the economic issues are fundamentally different in that one versus this one. We were not going after them with the biggest sanctions. It was straight after all of the military power and might of Saddam Hussein and after his financial resources, which were much more accessible than Vladimir Putin's financial resources. So it, it's it has some parallels, but it's really not a close parallel. And you mentioned Vladimir Putin. I, I read one place that said that he might be the individual with access to the most money in the world because of all the stolen gains and uh, things they've corrupted and stuff like that. I've heard President Biden say that specific sanctions on him are on the table. Uh, do you think we could see that where they actually sanction of Vladimir Putin and start taking his things away? I believe we already have sanctioned Putin. And I think the other countries are doing the same. The problem is his assets are by and large in Russia or carefully hidden. 
behind other people. And so it would be very hard to track down all of his resources. That would take, you know, like an extensive effort to be able to find them and try to go after them. And not surprisingly, most of us would expect he would have a lot of it in Swiss banks in unnumbered accounts with Swiss secrecy laws protecting him. So it's unlikely we're going to get a whole lot of Putin's personal resources. And are there any financial tools or sanctions that we haven't seen used yet that you think might come to pass, whether from the U.S. or the international community at large? Well, the easiest one that a lot of um, Europe has to at least consider is refusing to buy from them. Right? It's not necessarily a financial sanction, but if they simply stop buying a lot of the products and services from uh, Russia, that will, again, destroy the economy, which will put more pressure on the government. And so stop buying wheat and stop buying oil and gas. And Germany has already canceled the new natural gas pipeline. Those kinds of actions are going to keep building the pressure on the Russian government. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 